What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. One of the classic moments in recent NFL history. It was incredibly cold in Minnesota that day. Six below, there's Bud Grant, shirt sleeves, walking out for the coin toss. That was a game the Vikings could have won, should have won, and would have won, but for Blair Walsh. The Blair Walsh project. 27-yard field goal. Not even close. Like It wasn't even close either. It was like 27 yards left of the target. (laughs) This this was before you were with NBC. We had that game. We did the pregame show, and – I was watching the game in the the dressing room that I use, and I I couldn't believe what I was seeing. These were the Seahawks, the two-time defending NFC champions. Teddy Bridgewater leading the Vikings down the field for what should have been the game-winning field goal, chip shot. And I'm getting ready to see the kick, and apparently my feed was like five seconds behind the feed in the viewing room that's down the hall from oh. that dressing room. I heard the eruption you heard of, the, oh. oh, no. Yeah. And and in those three seconds, I was like, what? What? Lightning strike? <laughs> what? 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 What happened? Blimp crashed into the stadium? Surely he doesn't miss this field goal. And there it goes. There and, it uh, goes. Yeah. An old yeah. familiar feeling for you as a Vikings fan, huh? Well, well, let, let me say something, though. When you grew up in the 70s watching football and yeah. the Vikings were playing outdoors and they had those sunny, bitter-cold playoff games, that was the return to that. That was something that you never thought you were going to see again once they went indoors at the Metrodome. But they had those couple of seasons they played outdoors at the University of Minnesota, got to the playoffs, hosted that game, had the chance to win it. And uh, thank you, Blair Walsh. Well, Thanks. Happy birthday, Enough. Bud Grant. Let's let's be a little right, like, a right, right. legend. That's let's not forget about right. that. First off, oh, ninety four. No, 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 no. I was gonna get back. I know. There. Good. I just I did. I'm not doubting you. I just wanted to say that. Happy birthday, Bud Grant. Go to hell, Blair Walsh. Then, I think there's room for both. Okay, we could do that. Fine. I'm I'm on with that too. But man, Bud Grant. Yeah. I mean, one of the greatest coaches of all time. I do kind of hate how like. You know, you didn't win a Super Bowl. You went to all these Super Bowls and you win games, but we don't talk about you like you're a great coach anymore just because of that. And I, I think that's wrong. I just I don't agree with that, you know, and he is one of the best coaches our league has ever seen. Uh, and, and I want to ask you this, too. One last thing on the Vikings. What what was a more disappointing loss? Was that the most disappointing loss of your Vikings fandom? Was that worse than like? No, no, no. What's no, the worst no. one of it, all no. time? No. NFC Championship the, well, game against Falcons? No, 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 without question. And I'm I'm reluctant to say this because I know what's coming. Big blue, big blue, big blue. I know what's coming. <laughs> December 28, 1975. I was 10 years old. Oh. The best Viking team of the 70s. They started the year 10 and 0. Blue 42, it's Roger Stallback coming for shot. you opportunity to get revenge on the Steelers in the Super Bowl that year and 
There's Drew Pearson. Oh, and there's Nate Wright. Again, I'm not familiar with the technique that they taught defensive backs in the 70s. I think lunging forward and diving was not the the preferred way of defending. He got pushed. He got shoved. It wasn't called, and that was that. So, oh, man. Yeah, okay. I forgot about that. I really that. needed to see that this morning. That was the only time... I think it was the only time that I cried after the Vikings lost. I, I definitely wasn't thrilled after they lost to the Steelers in Super Bowl nine, but that one was the one that that was the one that did, 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 did me in man. I, more, me, even more crushing though, than that, that championship game when they're 15 and one and that great Vikings, Chris Carter team and, you know, Randy. Moss. Yeah, you know why? You know why? Why? I was older. I was older by then. Yeah. I mean, when you're a kid, it hurts more. Yeah, I you're think. more emotionally and, invested. And and I knew they were going to lose the next the next game. <laughs> you're such a what, you're, it's, uh, it's you're like a, you know what silver silver lining. Uh, you don't have to the lose Vikings the Super Bowl. Zero and five in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, yeah. You're right. Um, All right. If it was any other year, I mean, the Broncos were awesome that year. They that, were. That's the one thing that gets forgotten. Yeah, it was a special season for the Vikings, and it was Randy Moss and Chris Carter, and it was all this high wire stuff and. The Broncos were were on. They were eleven and zero, I think, at one point, right? Yeah. I mean, they were defending last Super undefeated Bowl teams, right? Yeah, I could still. They lost to your New York Giants. That's right. I was I was at the Ravens Vikings game in Baltimore, getting ready to watch that game. It was a four o'clock start, and the you know it came across that the Giants had beaten the Broncos to to send them to one loss. So, Man, thirteen to zero when they lost that game. That was that was some damn team. They were great. All right, uh, let's tie it all back together. I was at the Ravens-Vikings game. The Ravens used to be in Cleveland. They were the Browns. Browns fans hate that. Ravens fans hate that. But back to the Cleveland Browns, the team that now is moving in the right direction. The Browns is the Browns no more. Andrew Barry, the general manager of the Browns, appearing on the Ross Tucker football podcast, discussing the theory of extending players, specifically quarterbacks, after three years, and the cautionary tale provided by Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. Here's Andrew Barry. I, I think it is fair to say that that is an approach that we believe in, in terms of um, you know identifying you know pillar guys and, and, and trying to retain them as, as soon as we can. Now that being said, each situation um, truly is you know truly is unique. Um, but, you know, we do want to get into a habit of, of rewarding our own and, um, you know, uh, uh, identifying those guys. Is, is there a cautionary tale with the trades of Wentz and Goff this offseason and the contracts that they signed after their third year? I, don't, I think it's maybe a bit too strong to call them cautionary tales because I truly do believe each individual and then um, each individual's situation based on the circumstances that are going on in their environment or their organization um, are different. You know, obviously it's something that, that we're aware of and, and obviously I'm particularly aware of it just, you know, with, you know, with Carson. Um, but I would, I would be hesitant to maybe over extrapolate, extrapolate perhaps what happened with, you know, with those two individuals, you know, for maybe broader implications, um, you know, moving forward. Look, I, I can I can make this very simple. Uh, you got a decision to make if you're the Cleveland Browns. The longer you wait, the more expensive it's going to be to sign Baker Mayfield. And yeah. I think part of the dance right now between Mayfield, Josh Allen, the Bills, Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, is whoever goes first is going to get leapfrogged by the next guy who's going to get leapfrogged by the next guy. So everyone's kind of in a holding pattern here. But if you know Mayfield's your guy, and only you as the That's Cleveland right. Browns can know whether or not he's the guy, if you're sold on this guy completely, totally, and unconditionally, yeah. then you got to sign him now because yeah. it's only going to get more expensive later. That's right. If you're like, not sold, then you wait. They, it's that simple. It, it, is, it is that simple, Mike. You, you're right. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I mean, we just saw the Dak Prescott thing, what that did to Dallas and that issue. You know. So, yeah, if you're sold, not like, oh, we think, or maybe, or like, no. We've had three years of seeing this guy, and it's all coming together, and we believe in the human, and now we see the field stuff we believe in too. Then, yeah, you do it. You get it for the low. I mean, you get it for the Patrick Mahomes discount maybe to where you get a contract that you go, this is laughable. Look at what we're paying him here, you know, 
three or four years down the road, we're going to look back at Mahomes and be like, can you believe that still, that they signed him to that deal and he was making that back then? And now look at it now and it's not even that big of a deal. So, of course, that's what you do. I mean, so that that's a no-brainer to me. The big question is, is just do they 100% feel as if he's that guy? It is, it's, it's, you know, it's a tough one. Lamar, listen, we know Lamar's the guy. He's been the MVP and all that. I think Josh Allen, you know, between two playoff appearances in a row and a year that he had last year where you could argue, you know, other than Rodgers, he played second best at the position of anybody in football. Mayfield is a little different because we saw good, then we saw a lull and a step back, and then we started last year and it was a little slow at first, but then it really started to pick up and he started to really be a baller at the end of the year. So that might be not quite enough time for them to go, wait, we're totally sold. He's the guy yet. They're close, but we're not totally sold. At least that's maybe how I would feel is what I'm saying, Mike. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But but they're the ones who have to, yeah. within the confines of their building, within the privacy of whatever room they gather in to have these conversations, they need mm-hmm. to have the full and frank, bless you if that was a Thank sneeze, you. they need to have the full and frank conversation. Is this our guy? Can we do better? Deshaun Watson may be available next year. Russell Wilson may be available next year. Chris, what 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 was the the possibility that was dangled to the Browns three years ago? Yeah. Russell Wilson for the first overall pick. Not right. that it ever got very far, but the conversation was out there. Russell Wilson, born in Ohio, by the way. So, look, teams always assess their roster not in a vacuum. It's assessed in relation to who else is out there that they think they can get. And they will ruthlessly make a move from one guy to another guy if they think, number one, there's a path, a clear path to getting him, and number two, that he's an upgrade yeah. over who they have. Right. And until Baker Mayfield is regarded as the best quarterback in all of football, and he ain't there yet, could be, could be. I'm not going to slam the door on the possibility. But until he's regarded as the best quarterback in football, there's always a potential upgrade. The question is, is there a path, a realistic path, for you to get that upgrade? Because if you can and you don't, there's something wrong with you. So they only know how they feel about Baker Mayfield. That's right. And how they feel about their other options for next year. And maybe they give it one more year. Maybe they wait and see if Mayfield finds a higher level of performance in his second season with Kevin Stefanski as the head coach. And they also see, could Aaron Rodgers be available? Could Russell Wilson be available? Could Deshaun Watson be available? Could there be someone else who becomes available? What if the what if the Vikings decide they're, they'd like to move on from Kirk Cousins after yeah, this year? Sure. Go to Kellen Mond and Kevin Stefanski says, you know what, I'm more comfortable with Cousins. I was with him for multiple years in Minnesota. I think he can do more in this offense than Baker Mayfield. I'm not saying that he should feel that way, but you can't rule anything like that out. If they're sold on Mayfield completely, sign him now. Yeah. If they're not, let it play out. You got two more years of his rookie contract, let it play out. So I think that, and and it all starts with the Browns having a consensus, if they can reach one, on how they feel about Baker Mayfield. Yeah, that that that's it. I and you know I would think they're pretty close. I would just from the outside looking in. I mean, I think you and I saw some pretty damn good high-level football the last, you know, six weeks of the year into the playoffs to where we were like, man, Baker Mayfield, it's, he's throwing dimes everywhere. It's, it's, it's aggressive, you know, on the Richter scale, the degree of difficulty of some of the throws he's asked to make are pretty damn high there. So, you know, I, I think what we're saying here is when you know you have a quarterback that you start to look at to go, wait, our guy is – one of the 10 best quarterbacks in football, and he's at a spot here where he's going to be in the top 10 for a number of years, you make that. Where you start to go, even in a bad year, he's going to be the 10th best quarterback in football. That's when you go, let's sign him up. And I would think that you got to be close. I could see the Cleveland Browns thing, Mike, being a little bit of like, hey, they start out 3-1, and one, Baker hit the ground running, left off where he was last year, and they go, we're sold. Let's start getting this done right now so we don't have to worry about it in the offseason and have to hear all of this stuff. I could very much envision that type of scenario. Well, and the other side of it, too, is what does Baker Mayfield want? And we just always assume that 
a guy who's playing for a team wants to play for that team indefinitely. Meanwhile, Russell Wilson wants out of Seattle. Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay. And Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston. I have no reason to think Baker Mayfield wants to be anything other than the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. No. I also I also know enough about Baker Mayfield, and I respect this about him. He's not just going to sit back and be a passenger on the ride that is his NFL career. He's going to be an active participant. I think that's part of this, too. Not that I'm saying he would be inclined to refuse any and all contract extensions and play the franchise tag game and eventually put himself in position where maybe he can go back to Texas and be the quarterback in Houston or go wherever else he may decide to go. I'm not saying that, but that's part of it as well. It's not a one-way street. Um, And uh, for now, though, the threshold question is what do the Browns want to do? And if he's the guy, it's that simple. If he's the guy, you sign him. Now, Andrew Barry – Go ahead. I was go ahead. Say, I well, want to pivot to something else, but uh, go ahead. Well, just one last thing, because uh, I do want to bring up like the cautionary tale thing, right? That aspect. That's of what it. I was getting to. Okay, That's good. That's what I was getting to. Can I, I'll just make my one of my blanket statement. I understand. Yeah, the Rams, the Eagles, those scenarios are going to be looked at. No doubt about it. But I don't think like Andrew Berry, I think what he was trying to say is you got to take each like circumstance in its own individual, you know, capacity there a little bit. The Eagles. They made a move on Carson Wentz. He had shown some stuff that was pretty damn special. So I understand that. And I will also say that I'm not sitting here at this point even necessarily going, I think they made the wrong decision in giving him that money. Where they went wrong is you gave a guy all this money and did nothing to support him, and then you drafted Jalen Hurts. And your quarterback was already in a controversial situation. So the Eagles kind of disrupted that formula in my opinion and then when you talk about the Rams and Jared Goff to me this is a simple case it's a total misevaluation of a player and letting the circumstance of our team and he's a California kid and everybody here that's a Rams fan from California thinks he's God and they just buckled to it oh he's the guy let's give it to him so that was they were wrong I can say the Rams are wrong the Eagles there was a few things that set that forth. But like we've talked about, you know, I, I would be worried about a Dak Prescott or a Joe Flacco situation or something like that. And that's why if you get to that, that point you're talking about, you make the move and you sign, sign Baker Mayfield. I still believe, though, that any situation where yeah. a team makes the move to sign a quarterback after three years and it doesn't work out is a cautionary tale. Yeah, I, I get you. I disagree with Andrew Barry's yeah. statement that it's a bit too strong to call them cautionary tales. They are cautionary tales. They're different degrees, different types, different right. contexts. But I'll start with the Eagles. I mean, look, you have to factor in the possibility that the guy's going to lose his fastball because the Eagles apparently didn't. They didn't see it coming unless they did. They end up drafting Jalen Hurts. I don't know what they were thinking when they did that, but it definitely disrupted things. That's a cautionary tale of it. I think you're right. Like you take that into it to be the caution. You look at the whole. You look at the whole experience. Right. You look at the whole experience. And basically, if you're going to make a guy the guy and give him the contract, you can't be screwing around with using second round picks on quarterbacks or first round picks on Jordan Love or no receivers. The guy. Yeah. The guy. Right. With the Rams, the Rams just blew it. Right. There's no other right. way to put it. Yeah. They just blew it. Yeah. And we all knew they were going to do it. We all knew it was coming. We all said, don't do it. And I feel like at some level, and I remember, I think it was Fred Rogan with the NBC affiliate in LA, and he has a radio show out there, and he had me on and called me out because I was saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And and he and he he did this interview with Sean McVay and acted like it's so ridiculous to suggest that Jared Goff shouldn't get a second contract. It's like fine, go ahead, do it. I eventually it was like kind of like where we are with the Jaguars and Team Dub, Tim Tebow. You're gonna do it, fine, go ahead, right. do it. Better better for us if you do it because we can sit back and watch it all fall apart. And guess what? It all fell apart. So that one truly is the cautionary tale. You got to be 100% sold on the quarterback. He can't be a product of the system. He can't be a guy that just fits some some broader image that you have of what your quarterback is going to is going to be. It can't be we have to pay the quarterback a ton of money because we need the other guys in the locker room to fall. Yeah, that's not the that's, right reason. That's not the solution. Right. Yeah, and it's not just well he's the next guy who's due a contract so we're going to give him this big deal. Because at the end of the day, and I'm telling you, 
I, I, I really do think one of the reasons Jared Goff is a lion and was part of that Matthew Stafford package is because the Rams were trying to keep Stan Kroenke from realizing they had to give up a first-round pick to get Jared Goff's contract off the books. That's how badly they screwed this up. The, the thinking is, from the people I've spoken to, it was a one and a three for Stafford and a first-round pick to the Lions yeah. to take on that horrendous Jared Goff contract. Right. So that's definitely a cautionary tale. Definitely. And, and the tale is, you, if you're not sure, don't sign the guy. That's right. Yeah. When you, you, when you put it that way, you're right. They're all cautionary tales. So I, I'll stand back. I'll, 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 I'll say that I will correct myself in saying that Yes, it's just not apples to apples. You got to take take each story as its own and go, wait, okay, wait. All right, that's a cautionary tale. Let's not do that when we sign our guy or whatever else. So uh, I, I would think it's really close to be into that territory with Baker Mayfield. Listen, I think we're there with Josh Allen. You tell me if you agree with that or not. You know, yes. I think Josh Sign Allen. Sign Josh Allen now. Right, now. Right, exactly. Like, what are you going to do? Wait for him to throw 52 touchdown passes and 75 highlight plays this year? So that's scary. I, I, Lamar, I, you know, again, same thing. I'd say now, too. You know, it's a little different because of his running back, running quarterback and all that. But I would still say, no, do it now. Get it for the low. Who knows? The Ravens are good. They could go to the Super Bowl. He could be the Super Bowl MVP. And then you're going, oh, damn, we got to pay him an extra $7 million a year just because of that. So that's that's the things you got to worry about. But I think Lamar and Josh Allen do it now. Baker Mayfield, I think if I'm Cleveland, I might want to just see the start of the year and see how it starts rolling a little bit before I do that. I just want to see one little more piece of evidence to make me feel good and comfortable that it's all going in the right way. I think for the Ravens, there's a, a couple of challenges that they need to confront. Yeah. One, you want to structure the deal in a way that gives you an out if within a couple of years the injuries begin to pile up. Lamar Jackson's been fine so far, but given the style of play, you never know when things are going to start to not hold up physically for Lamar Jackson as he gets deeper into his 20s. You don't want to have these guarantees that tie your hands for three, four, five, six years. So that needs to be part of it. The other side of it is this, Chris. And I asked Eric Costa about it a couple of weeks ago on PFTPM. What kind of challenges you face when you're not negotiating with a player who's represented by a traditional NFLPA certified agent? And, and we didn't get all the way down the rabbit hole. In fact, we didn't get very far down the rabbit hole because DaCosta didn't even begin to go there. But... There's a temptation if you're a team negotiating with a player who doesn't have a traditional agent. There's a temptation to overreach. Of course. There's there's a, there's always a temptation to to get away with things that other agents would notice. That right. any agent right. would notice. That right. you know, a CAA, a Todd France, the, a David Dunn, the quarterback agents, you can't pull that on them. You can pull that on someone who's representing himself, being advised by his mom and by some lawyer that they know or some accountant that they know who doesn't do this for a living, but thinks that they know enough that they yeah. can do it. No, Negative, no. Ghostwriter. There's nuances, there's exactly. factors, and there's temptations to take advantage and not say, you know, and th this is the balance that DaCosta is going to have to strike. Good long-term partner. We're looking out for our guy right. versus best interest of the organization. It's better for us to have this clause in there, and they have no idea what that clause means. Let's just jam it through, and they're not going to figure it out. That that's, that's the dilemma that I think you face when you're dealing with a guy who isn't represented by one of the top quarterback agents. Yeah, I agreed 100%. You better be careful if you're Baltimore. Even in that scenario there, like, yeah, they might finagle some things in their advantage. they got to be careful. Because if they do screw over a player of the caliber of a Lamar Jackson or anything like that, that will, of course, be huge news. Nobody will like the Ravens. Players will look at them differently and their locker room will. But you're right. There's still things that they're going to be able to get away with or finagle. That's why the agent, and that's why, to me, hey, paying the 3% is a no-brainer. A no-brainer. You know, it, it's it, like you, you, you broke it down. I was represented by Tom Condon in my playing days. Yeah, he knows between his personal relationships, nuances of how to negotiate, nuances of the CBA, knowing how the salary cap works and how teams, different teams operate. And, oh, this guy, this GM does this and does this. Like, 
that, those are things that a that a great agent can bring to the table. He can give you a lot of security for the bad things that happen and also maximize everything you need as far as just like your top end stuff too. And uh, I, I yeah, if I could tell Lamar Jackson, I'd tell him to get an agent for sure. This is something that Richard Sherman and Russell Okung really tried to spearhead a few years ago, taking it beyond what's right for them and trying to encourage other players to believe it was right for them. The bottom line is you get yourself a good agent. You're going to have a larger pie from which you get 97% versus the smaller pie from which you get 100%. Yeah. It's it's, it's, it's always a, yeah. been that simple. And it continues to be that simple. And fortunately, other players haven't signed on to this idea that we don't need our own agents. And that tension is still out there. I'm telling you, it's still out there. And it's been highlighted in recent weeks by the fact that the union, which regulates the agents, has wanted the players not to show up. And the agents intervene and say to their clients, don't listen yeah. to the union on this. Listen to yourself. Listen to me. Listen to what your contract has to, to say. Uh, all right, we mentioned the Eagles. We mentioned Carson Wentz. We mentioned Jalen Hurts. How about Jalen Hurts from yesterday talking about the reality that Nick Sirianni, the coach of the Eagles, refuses to hand any starting jobs to any of the players, including Jalen Hurts. Here's Hurts. No one is above that. Um, and, and everybody, every, everybody got to go to work, you know. So for me, I know rent, rent is due every day. It's always been that way for me. Always been a get better mentality every day, grow every day, uh, be a better leader every day, be a better quarterback every day. And when that rent's due, I, I don't plan on missing no payments. So it's, it's work. Yeah, I, look, I, I, Pete oversold the comments, frankly. I, okay, what else is he going to say, Chris? What else is he going to say? He, 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 he can't. He goes, I'm the starter, and I'm offended that I have to compete for this job. He no. said what he was going to say. No. That's all he can say. I know. That's it is all he can say. say. He continues. The one thing I'll say about it, though, is he he continues to say and handle himself the right way. Like, that. that's the thing that I'm impressed with with Jalen Hurts. You know, he's got some very mature sayings. Like, I, I heard a few last year that jumped out to me. And I was like, this guy gets it. Like, that right there. I just love that. It's a great message to send to your team. Rents due. Every day, I'm here. I'm going to pay it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for paying a paycheck. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to get better. You know, that's those are the things you want to hear from your quarterback. You're right. You don't you, – he can't say much different, but I do think the way he packages his messages are uh, – show his charisma and leader leadership that way. But he is going to have to earn it, certainly. And Nick Sirianni's never really had a quarterback like him. So this is going to be different for him, too. So maybe that's why he has a little trepidation as far as just naming the starter. He's got more experience with a guy like Joe Flacco than he has a Jalen Hurts. You know, oh, what, old, aging, you know, pocket quarterback, a.k.a. Phillip Rivers, who Sirianni has been with for what? He was with, with it three out of the last five years, four to the last six years, something like that. So, uh, yeah, Sirianni, of course, is not going to anoint anyone. Jalen Hurts hasn't done anything to be anointed that guy quite yet. And he realizes that. And I respect him for that, at least the way he handles himself in these situations. Yeah, look, I don't disagree with you there. And I think he's smart enough to realize that even if he wins the starting job, and there's no reason to think that he won't, all due respect to Joe Flacco, this is set up for Hurts to be the guy this year and to prove what he can do this year and to do enough this year to earn next year. With the asterisk, the caveat, the keep your eye on Deshaun Watson possibility. Because if Watson's in play, I think the Eagles are going to make a move for him. And uh, why wouldn't they? Because with Jalen Hurts, they have a guy who could become, if everything works out perfectly, what Deshaun Watson is. If you can get Deshaun Watson, you don't have to hope that someone else can maybe, if everything goes just right, become something close to Deshaun Watson. So, uh, you know, and I think Hertz is smart enough to realize that too, Chris. I do too. I do. I mean, they're 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 a team in rebuild, transition, whatever you want to say. Uh, I, I yes, I do. Like you said earlier, this in this show, if Watson becomes available, I do believe they're going to be a team that's very interested in and in, in the market for him. There's no doubt. 
Jalen Hurts is interesting. You're right. He could maybe be a Deshaun Watson or anything like that. I don't know. But there's got to be a lot. There's got to be growth, growth in the pass game as a passer in general. He's a really good athlete. We saw the ability to make some great throws and some eye-popping throws. I mean, geez, I think about that Dallas Cowboy. I think it was the post route he threw to Deshaun Jackson. Like, hey, listen, that shows you some of the capabilities he has. But there's there's 10 or 12 throws I could also show you from that game to go, damn, that's not starting caliber type of play or throwing yet. And that's where he's got to get cleaned up. He's just got to become a machine throwing the football because eventually teams will figure out how to defend them with him at quarterback and running the ball and doing those things to where he's going to have to back some people off with his right arm and his, his pocket passing. And that's really going to dictate how his career goes. All right, let's take a break. When we return, you know it's the slow time in the NFL when some guy no one's ever heard of suggests that Tyreek Hill is the best deep threat in NFL history and Twitter loses its I almost said the word that I shouldn't say. We'll talk about their freaking minds. Who is the best deep threat in NFL history when PFT Live continues right after this? At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So yesterday I noticed that Randy Moss's name was trending on Twitter. And what Twitter does now is they provide you some context after the name that's trending. And Randy Moss was trending because... Some guy who I had never heard of, and I can't freaking remember his name a day later, Chris, had suggested that Tyreek Hill is the greatest deep threat in NFL history. And, hey, Tyreek Hill is a very potent deep threat. There's no denying that. But I, it just shows you what happens when things slow down in the NFL, that some guy that no one knows can can throw out this ridiculous hot take and it drives people crazy. Like, who cares what some guy know? I don't know who the guy is. And he says Tyreek Hill's the greatest deep threat of all time. And people are losing their minds about it. A- again, that's what happens in late May in the NFL. It, it does. Listen, I, you know, I mean, of course, it's it's about who you're associated with, too, that uh, gets some of that traffic and, and conversation going. You know, I think that's part of it, too. Listen, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say he's the greatest of all time, but he's up there. I, I don't give a damn. I, I don't know who said it either. I didn't even look. I, I don't know. I saw it trending on Twitter yesterday, too. I didn't really know we were going to talk about it on the show. But either way, like it's, it, I'm cool with talking about it. It's a good conversation. And I will say, yes, I think Tyree Kill is up there in the all-time conversation for best deep threats. He's he's Go ahead. What do you want to say? What? Well, I I just – I'm just – I'm very curious about this. Right. And I'm, I'm committed to full transparency – to the to the viewers, I'm looking at the t- the text message that came from Pete last night at 6:48 p.m. Eastern. Segment five, best deep threats in NFL history, um, and I see Sims. I'm on it's not there. Phil, it's not Danielle. I'm on there. It's not it's not Charlotte. Yeah. yeah. So don't act like you're surprised by no, it. No. Well, I mean, I, I'm not surprised by it. I knew we were gonna talk about it. Like I didn't like sit here and do research and go. Let me go through. 
you know, I, I'm, I'm a historian already, so I already know this. We also had a, bre- a, a moment of breaking down the Vikings on that, that thing, too, and I wasted a lot of time studying that roster for nothing last night, too. So, you know, sometimes crap doesn't go the way it's supposed to. Blame it on Tebow. Blame it <laughs> That's on Tebow. right. Something I knew had it. to get thrown out of the balloon basket, and the Vikings breakdown got thrown out in favor of our discussion okay. about Yes. No, no, by the time we get around to that next week, nobody cares anymore. We got to strike while the iron's hot. Yeah. No. I. A hundred percent. You're right. And, and listen, I, I like this conversation, but I, I'm. I'm. Whoever the guy was that started this. All right. I'm not going to disagree with him a whole lot. I'm not. I don't know. Call me stupid. Call whatever you want. But we're talking about guy that is arguably the fastest receiver in the history of football. He's in that conversation for one of the fastest people we've ever seen in the game. And he is the number one deep threat in an era where it's all about throwing the football. And his quarterback is famous because of, wait for it, yes, the bomb, the deep throw, everything like that. And might have the most standalone, big, deep throw we saw in the last decade with that catch in the Super Bowl and two or three jet wasp and that post corner and all that. I can get behind it. I'm not going to say he's better than Randy Moss, all right? That's where that's numero uno on deep ball. But if somebody else went, I think Tyreek Hill is number two, I wouldn't go, that's insane. You're an idiot. I'd go, uh, I'd get it. He's pretty damn good. Not many people could cover him man to man. I, uh, I, look. I, I don't disagree that Tyreek Hill is up there, but the idea that he's the best ever, I think people reacted the way they did because the, the perception is young guy who I know just ignores what Randy Moss did. What I Randy get you. Moss did yeah. was incredible. The Vikings tweeted yesterday, every Randy Moss 40-plus yard touchdown of his career, it's a 10-minute highlight reel. It's amazing. It included his time with the Vikings. And then the Patriots, the Raiders, the Patriots, the 49ers had a play on there. See, so yes. uh, it, it, when you see it one after another, you, you, you got to go take a nap. No, it's, it's, it wears you out. It's incredible what the guy did. It's incredible. And yeah, let's talk about this guy because we talked about Tyreek. First off, Randy Moss is also one of the fastest people to ever play in the history of the NFL. I know people might not realize that because each one of his strides is like seven yards long, so it doesn't look like he's moving fast. But I can tell you from seeing him in person or anything that ever anybody who ever played against him or anything, in Randy Moss's prime, it was it's in the class of the Daryl Greens and the Deion Sanders and the Tyree Kills and all of those type of things, except he's a praying mantis that's six four and a half. So that's a different like specimen altogether. So you're right. I'm never going to not say Randy Moss isn't the, the best deep threat of all time. But I don't think Tyree Kill is far off. Again, I've seen Bill Belichick in New England play defenses against Tyree Kill that I've never seen anybody play against anybody ever and have never seen New England do, like I've talked about with you before in that AFC Championship game. So – that, I think, when you take that and the context clues of how people approach him and covering him, he gets that type of respect, at least to be the great deep ball threat of our era, for sure, which I do think throws him in that conversation for all time, too. Okay, so let's take Tyree Kill off the table and focus on today. Ooh, Fill in okay. the blank. Yeah. Other than Tyreek, the best deep threat in the NFL today is who? Ooh. I guess, I mean, I come to a few names. Am I allowed to do that? Go ahead. Uh, Yes. I mean, DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf is certainly one that pops to my brain right away. Terry McLaurin is another one that pops to my brain right away. And then I'm also DJ Moore of the Carolina Panthers. I, I, I think for like for those three, those are the ones that jump out to me right now. And there's some other good ones. Don't get me wrong. I know that. But I, I look at that. I don't know, Mike. What's what, what what's the first few names that come to your brain? Well, you know what came to my brain isn't the guy who is the best deep threat other than Tyreek Hill. It's the guy who I believe could be, and that's your guy, Chase Claypool. Oh, no the doubt, Mike. would let him. Uh-huh. If they would let him flourish, he could be 4-4 
was his official combine speed in the 40. Randy Moss ran an unofficial 4.25 at the Marshall Pro Day in 1998. Who knows what it would have been officially scouting combine 40-yard dash. He didn't run it. His unofficial was 4.25. I mean, Claypool reminds me Agreed. of Moss. I just was – we both were frustrated last year. They didn't use him. Yeah the way that they could have or should have used him, and it'll be interesting to see if they they start unleashing the ball down the field to him this year because he could draw those defenses, he could make those catches, and he could he – could, I'm not going to say he could be almost as good as Randy Moss, but he could be the closest thing that today's game has to one. He's that type of specimen. I mean, yeah, not, maybe not quite that speed like you're saying, Randy, but it's, it's, it's not far off. But, yeah, he's that kind of like – I don't care who you are. You can't cover me. I'm just too great of an athlete type of guy. He has that superstar potential to be that DK Metcalf or whoever like you're talking about. You're right. I would think we see that next phase in their offense this year where he becomes a real deep threat because we are expecting, right? We talked about them yesterday, running the ball, power element. Ooh, safeties come up. You got to stop Najee Harris. Zoom. There goes Chase Claypool. Big Ben throwing a deep ball to him. So, I hear you. I think that's a great, great, like, out of the main wide receivers conversation, a guy to look out for. Um, I, You know, uh, of course, Julio Jones in his prime was that type of guy. You know, also right now, you know, uh, Mike Evans, even though it wasn't as much last year, he's been a great deep threat throughout his career. Just go look at his average yards per reception. And I'll even throw, like, a guy like A.J. Brown in there. A.J. Brown, I mean, man, how many times during the year do we look at it and go, whoa, there he goes for a 70-yard touchdown. There he goes for a 60-yard touchdown. And you can't always look at average yards per catch with some of these guys too because what happens? They beat people deep. Everybody plays deep coverages on them. So now a team has to throw them some wide receiver screens and some short passes and things like that to draw people up, and it hurts their average yards per catch, which might make them look like they're not as good at a deep threat, and that's not necessarily the case either. Randy Moss, though, and, and let me put this button on it before we take a break. Yeah. He's the only guy I remember where whatever the Vikings offense was, whatever the plays were that were drawn up, there was this loose sense of any time it looked like he's in single coverage, forget about the play that was called, Randy goes deep. If it looks like they have anything other than two guys on him, he goes. That's it. Oh, And I, if they would yeah. push off, if they would stay back and give him a huge cushion – then the 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 improvisation was he would just pull just up the and sit short in the zone. And let him go. Right, right, just exactly. Go. You're right. Yeah. He'd go. He'd be 20 yards down the field and be like, "Well, I can't get past the safety. He's 40 yards deep. Let me just sit here, and Dante will throw it to me." Uh, you're yeah. you're exactly right. And Mike, I'll button it up with this: When I got to the Bucks in 2003 after they won the Super Bowl, that defense, right, one of the greatest of all time. There was two names that I always heard from those guys, just you know, in the war stories of. Oh wow, this guy's a freak. Do you remember this? You remember that, right? Talking with their coaches, those kind of stories. Barry Sanders won, right? I mean, they had to play him and deal with that. So he was a legend. And Randy Moss, he was the other guy. I could still remember like my first few weeks there, John Lynch and, and Rondé Barber just being like, you know, they were making jokes about it, about how they had to worry about getting deep with him and those type of things. So, you know, that says a lot too. Moss is one of the greatest specimens to ever play the sport. After one year of Randy Moss, the Packers drafted three defensive backs and Barry Sanders retired. <laughs> That's all you need to know. That's, That's right. all you need to know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's take a break. More PFT Live right after this. All right, Mike. Thanks to a late three-pointer by LeBron James. Deep three-pointer. His Lakers beat Steph Curry and the Warriors last night in an NBA playoff play-in game, Mike. Could a good drama kind of sets up our draft for the day. You know, this new play-in thing's kind of cool with the NBA, but we got to see Steph versus LeBron round one. Pretty good. Lakers win. Now they're the seventh seed, and now the Warriors got to play uh, I believe the Grizzlies who beat the Spurs. So kind of a cool thing there, but that inspired our draft, the playoff duels we want to see in 2021. All right, go ahead. You have the honors. I got the honors? Okay, cool. All right. Um, like, we can't pick the Super Bowl. That's what I wanted to ask first, right? Or like, Why not? It's uh, the postseason. All right, fine. Screw Anything you. you want. Bucks versus Pats. That's what I want to see. I mean, yes, that's what I want to see. The brand new... Uh, New England team 
the team that has a chance to be like like the Bucks, really, to be like, man, look at all this talent we got. Here we go. We're, I mean, Bill Belichick, and get to be like a repeat of the week season or week four matchup. Who knows where that goes? That would add to like some of the theatrics of a Super Bowl matchup. Can Brady win eight? Because Belichick has eight already. So now they could be tied, and we can have this debate forever. You know, and everything. So that that to me would be really cool, uh, especially if Cam Newton's the quarterback too. Uh, that that's the one that jumps out. See, that's where I have an issue with your selection, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time, you know, criticizing it. But it's Brady versus who? What's the duel there? Brady versus the entire team? Belichick. How about that? That's okay. kind of like an important All right. one. All, All right. right, so you know, shut your snarky comment up I'm, and I'm make just, your own. Pick I'm just now. helping you flesh out <laughs> your selection and make it, you know, sensible. Brady versus Belichick. Uh, Ro yes. Rodgers and Mahomes. Rodgers and Mahomes. I don't care where Rodgers is. Denver, Las Vegas, San Francisco, Green Bay, anywhere. Yeah. Rodgers and Mahomes. We've been deprived of that matchup. Yeah. We're supposed to get it Week Nine if he stays with the Packers. Maybe we'll get it twice if he ends up with the Broncos or with the Raiders. But I want Rodgers and Mahomes in the postseason. We thought maybe we'd get it last year in the Super Bowl. We got Brady Mahomes instead. Yeah. I'll settle for that. Yeah. That but we want to see Rodgers and Mahomes in in a in a single elimination setting. Yeah. That would be. I mean, that would be ideal. That would be amazing. It really would be. Uh. And and you know, hopefully we get to see it in the regular season and the Super Bowl. I'll be down for that too. You know, there, there's something there about when it happens in the regular season, too. I feel like it adds a little more stress to the Super Bowl game, too, uh, that I like like that aspect. All right, I'm going to go to, like, a little coaches thing here a little bit. I'd like to see Rams 49ers in an NFC championship game, specifically McVay versus Shanahan. That's what I want to see. Just because they're friends, they're in the same division, it'd be the third game, right? They, of course, work together. I think there's a legit friend, friendly rivalry there of always watching each other. You know, I guess, yes, it's a little personal to me because I know those guys and I like them, but I still also think if I didn't know them, these are the two young whippersnappers in football, the two kid geniuses, and them to go at it, you know, and be in division rivals and everything like that, that would be one that would uh, get my blood boiling a little bit. You know, I, I like that one, and it's hard for me to ignore – the obvious ones. and It is hard, I know. I, I mean, Mahomes would be involved in all these. There, there are so many guys <laughs> you want to see right. against Mahomes. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'll go Baker Mayfield and Mahomes. We saw it last year. Mahomes got injured, but they have that rivalry that dates back to college. They had the 66-59 game, for crying out loud, at Oklahoma and Texas Tech. Mayfield was with the Sooners and, and uh, Mahomes with the Red Raiders. The, the Browns get them everything they can handle. They start the season this year, week one, Browns at Chiefs. Maybe we see Browns at Chiefs again in the postseason, but Mayfield and Mahomes, with both guys healthy, both guys playing the whole game, I'd like to see that. I agreed. I, I Listen, I, I'm, I'm with you. It, it's hard to avoid Mahomes versus anybody. It really is. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sitting here going – I'm doing the same thing you are going, wait, I don't want to pick him again because really, realistically – I'd want to see Mahomes versus Josh Allen again. I mean, honestly, because I just feel like the Bill, I, I, I'd i like to see the budding of a rivalry. All right, I'm going to pick it. I'm going to pick it. I don't care. Josh Allen versus Mahomes. Yeah. I, I think the two most talented big play quarterbacks we have in the game right now are these two guys. And I wouldn't mind to see the start of a Manning-Brady rivalry here in the AFC between these two guys. Last week, last year could be the jump off. Yeah, Mahomes has got him 1-0, and here we go. And how does this go? I mean, to me, that would be a, a blast. And that's what's cool about the AFC. Like, holy crap, all of they have quarterbacks in the AFC. Every team has got a franchise superstar, it seems like. So there's unlimited great matchups when you kind of play around with it uh, in that conference. I'm going to go with one that is extremely unrealistic. There's others I've toyed with. You know, Justin Herbert versus Patrick Mahomes would be great because they play twice during the regular season anyway, and that's a rivalry they could develop over yeah. time. Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, a couple of guys who want sure. out of the teams they're currently with. How about two guys who got out of their current teams this year, even though one did so reluctantly? Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford getting together in the I playoffs. got you. They play in the regular yeah, season. Right. That would that would be a compelling playoff game that otherwise you look at Rams lines in the playoffs and you just kind of 
you know, kind of crinkle your nose and say, oh, well, it's on TV. I guess I'll watch it. No, no. Stafford and Goff, if somehow the Lions can get there, that would be worth spending the time watching every second of. It would. Yeah. That's that personal aspect we talk about. I mean, it just it makes it fun when it gets personal because, you know, there's some real like we want to stick to this guy. I don't want to lose to him. Any of that. That's that's where. I uh, I like that pick a lot. I wrote it down too, just for that that exact reason. The other one I thought about just to add to the conversation a little bit is like Flores versus Belichick. You know, that's another one, man. I mean, you AFC Championship game. If those two had to deal duel it out with their history, they're both tough SOBs, everything like that. That'd be a cool one. Uh, I'd I, I'd also sign up for Rogers Rogers Brady in the NFC Championship game part yep. two, without a doubt, too, yep. right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, let's take a break. We'll wrap up this Thursday edition of PFT Live right after this. Friday for me. Ha! Just like the 90th man on every roster, or, or not, the Tim Tebow arrival in Jacksonville is official and it's being trumpeted. The special treatment already has begun. Look, I, I don't know that anyone's going to be surprised by this, but it is going to be compelling to study how they deal with the guy who was brought in to compete for maybe possibly if he gets lucky and if guys get injured, a roster spot. The press release is very flowery. The quotes are being publicized. Reportedly, Tim Tebow will be wearing number 85 for now, i.e. until they figure out what they're doing with Gardner Minshew. But, Chris, th this is going to be a ride. This is going to be fun. This is what like these are the examples already that I that scare me, you know. I, I they've signed all these awesome free agents and gave millions and millions of dollars to guys in the off season. Not one of them had a statement put out by the team through the player. Not one of them that I remember. So there you go. To like your point, we're already seeing the organization do things for this guy that weren't done for others, and that's what scares me to death with that situation. If I'm a Jaguars fan. My, my niece just texted me WTF with the Tim Tebow signed with the Jaguars. <laughs> that spells it for everyone. See you tomorrow. See ya. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.